1: to parasitu paras a day on Do by the river We're bringing guys the Charlotte FC preview obviously we are here at back in action this upcoming weekend and today we are going to be previewing Saturday night's matchup and don't you dare go anywhere guys just don't want to miss this episode of Dubai, the river. let's get this started
2: guys
1: hey by the river doesn't do anything well. There is not
0: one. Th- I'm sorry. There was no creativity.
1: As a union fan, I take that all day.
0: Another DP.
1: We need to go get Mario Balotelli. And that is right. Welcome, everyone, to by The River, the show where we follow everything. You. Of course, we are brought to you by Sports Network. Before we dive into today's preview, ladies and gentlemen, do us a solid. Make sure you guys hit that like button. Already it would truly mean the world to us. And subscribe for all of your dupe by the river live viewings. And of course, make sure to find us on PSN Radio. And you can find that wherever you stream podcasts from Apple, Google, and Spotify. Well, ladies and gentlemen, today not only the Charlotte T Preview, but Brown by goalkeepers. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, I know we had Leon Flock yesterday. We do not have Andre Blake here or Maddie Freeze. But first off, let's start off with our expert in duping here today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. Justin, number one ball goalkeeper in CONCACAF Freiburg. What's up Justin? How you feeling, brother?
0: Feeling pretty good, you know. We got uh we got back-to-back recording nights. Uh got That's a lot it. of got a lot of positive uh feedback from our sure. uh, our talk with Leon. People p- people appreciated, you know, the uh the insights to the uh the little German engine that could for the Union yes. midfield uh but hey, you know, we're we're back at it talking about the uh the the, the the new darlings of uh of MLS, the the one of the teams that people can't decide. Uh are they good or are are they okay? I mean that's the that's the consensus with some with you know them Austin Cincinnati. It's like it's just a revolving are they or are they not?
1: <laughs> Absolutely so I'm
0: excited to get Get down to talk a little, a uh, little Charlotte FC.
1: Absolutely, we'll definitely find that out tonight whether Charlotte FC are pretenders or contenders for sure. But real quick, thank you for everyone who checked out yesterday's pod. Uh, it was a great time talking to Leon Flock. Truly a gentleman that Lee is. And make sure you guys, if you haven't already, check that out because, like Justin said, some really good insight that we got from your uh, your, sh- your left shuttle midfielder, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Give but enough. A-
0: give give him some solid uh, tips for uh, check out the city he did say he's yes. 21 years old he 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 wants to check out a little more of the nightlife so we uh i'm sure we can uh, we can pass some recommendations on leon's way uh if anyone knows anything in 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 center city in the heart of the city
1: Yes, sir, mate. Let's, let's get him the uh, – well, we can't do the Broad Street crawl anymore. On, unfortunately, Broad Street uh, Tavern on Broad Street is closed. But we can find a nice little crawl to do in Philadelphia. It's definitely uh, not hard to do. Absolutely. All right. Well, Justin, let's bring on now the other goalkeeper. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Charlotte FC preview. So we're going to give you the insights from Charlotte FC. And, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, an old friend of mine, please welcome the Charlotte FC color commentator, Jess Charmaine what's going on how
2: you? I'm doing very well thank you guys thank you so much for having me and I'm the goalkeeper with a little bit more hair on today's podcast
1: <laughs> we went there today Justin I love it I love it she she definitely listen she she comes comes with a little spice and we definitely love that here we we, we definitely miss her there for that I love the setup as well, Jess. I got to say. Now, I, so for people who do not know, I found out about Jess um, from back in the back in the day, I, it, and literally, I'm talking two years ago. Not really that far back in the day. We're not we're not that old yet, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, Jess was part of the unrelegated uh, podcast, and it really got me in her and just the fantastic soccer mind or football, because obviously we want to show love to our Brits out there. Uh, she as it was an excellent football mind. And from then on, love seeing her to what she's doing now as the Charlotte FC color commentator. Now, this is a local radio station. You're doing color commentation, correct, Jess?
2: Yeah, it is. It's WFNZ. So the local radio station, um, but it's getting good views and people are loving it. So very grateful to have the opportunity.
1: Absolutely. Now, we got to mention, I mean, obviously the big match, it was probably the highlight of the early part of the MLS season. The home opener for Charlotte FC. Amazing scenes, first off. And, you know, someone obviously who's grown up watching American football and watching Bank of America Stadium for Panthers games. I never I've never seen it like that for Panthers, game, mm-hmm. honestly. And in the short amount of time I watched football, I've never seen it that packed. And that was a truly incredible night. Kind of your your takeaways from that incredible opening uh, in the in Bank of America Stadium
2: look without a doubt one of the best nights of my life these are the things you dream of when you want to get involved in soccer being a part of that moment having the opportunity to call the game when you looked around the stadium it was truly representative of what soccer is we talk about it being the world sport and maybe not in america is it embraced quite in the same way as across the world but this was a reassuring moment for us that really wants soccer to make its way in the united states because 74 plus thousand people watching their breaking atlanta united's record which obviously meant a lot to the hey people now. of charlotte yeah i'm gonna get in trouble <laughs> 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 but you know it was a beautiful scene people of every race every you know color men women children it, it was a real example of being a, a mixing pot and the only thing that was you know the the, the lacked the cherry on the top is the fact that we we let in that one goal, but it was a worldie. <laughs> Let's give it that. It was oh. a good goal.
0: Oh, so. I, I was watching that at a party and I just just goal also. I was just like, oh whoo just you, you like if you're gonna lose. That that's 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 a hell of a yeah, of a-
2: at least it was but it was at least it was that goal. Can you imagine if you'd lost off like a dodgy deflection or an error from a player? That would have hurt so much more. So and, and you know what, everyone's giving a stick because now we don't open the top of the bowl, but the numbers have still been great. twenty nine thousand, thirty thousand. It's There's still very yeah. good audiences for an MLS side, and it's only going to continue to grow now that we're getting some results.
3: Yeah,
0: people, yeah. people don't seem to give uh Seattle crap for they close off the top and they still get like 40 to 45 and Atlanta at times will close off like you know Red Bull Arena like it it's it's a common occurrence let's let's be honest you're playing in a bigger stadium it's a common
1: occurrence I think Red Bull for other reasons though Justin if I'm being quite honest well yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, other reasons <laughs> Jess what is it with you? you you bring a big crowd wherever wherever club you're going to
2: what can I say you know, there's a charm. There's a charms of an English woman talking about soccer, I think.
1: <laughs> well, we do we do have to mention that. How is that transition? Been? So when I first uh met you, you were uh, Atlanta United. It was Atlanta United everything. And uh, of course we did invite our buddy Pancake Poppy, who seems to be the infamous uh <laughs> former Atlanta united fan now of Charlotte. FC. But how is that the transition been for you? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Look, let's be honest, when people compare me to pancake, I don't think that's a fair comparison. Pancake went from being a supporter of one club to a supporter of the other. Now, he also lives in the Carolinas, so it makes sense. Right. You can't give someone crap from switching when they got a team that was close to them. A lot of Atlanta United fans won't admit it, but they followed Orlando City before. Let's be real, like, they hate Orlando now, but I bet there's a lot of Atlanta <laughs> United fans that Orlando was their closest side. For me, listen, it's all love with Atlanta United, really. I'm grateful for every opportunity I was given. You know, it was an amazing time of my life, but... You know, it's just like a player. At the end of the day, when a player gets a transfer over, look at Anton Walks from Atlanta United to Charlotte. Who are you going to represent? The team that is paying your will, like your bills. And for me, I got the dream job opportunity. Mike Conti's not going anywhere. Jason Longshaw's not going anywhere. Kevin Egan's not going anywhere. There's no space in Atlanta United's MLS side for me to get an opportunity calling the game. So the dream came, I jumped over and... Charlotte FC has been nothing but welcoming to me. They've been amazing. They've taken me under their arms as one of their own. So, you know, it's okay. You can switch your allegiances, particularly if it comes with your dream career.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think for myself, you know, Jess, you know, all of us here, we want to see this league progress and grow and being able to see Atlanta, not just be the dominant Kings of the South. You have a little bit of competition <laughs> with Nashville. You got Charlotte. Now the big boys in the league. and oh, by the way, Orlando is not the same Orlando that we all remember. Well, so having those organic rivalries, not things that the MLS are forcing down our throats is very important for the growth. I love how NFL. you left
2: into Miami out as a competitive side.
0: Well, (laughs) let's be honest, let's be honest. The only only thing they're being competitive with is, uh, you know, how quickly they can change coaches.
2: Don't get me started on Higuain. But, you know, it's so important in the South to have this. I think when I moved to America, I moved to Georgia, I moved to the South, and there was this big stigma around the South. Oh, they don't really like soccer down there. It's about NASCAR. It's about football. College college football. football. Mm -hmm. On the same wavelength, man. And so it's so good to see Charlotte FC filling the bowl, Atlanta United filling the bowl, creating those rivalries. And rivalries aside, the most important thing is that it's a win for the league. When you have clubs over the league filling their stadiums, performing, bringing young players across, talented young players. That's what we want for a successful, you know, soccer league in MLS. And it's gaining respect. And I can talk from coming from England, you know. Ten years ago, people would have given me so much shit for supporting an MLS side or for working for an MLS side. Now it's very exciting because they can see the value in the league. You can't call it a retirement league anymore. You can no, that's call it a... are now. Yeah Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's a, a great time for the game and we love it. And you talk about MLS throwing rivalries down the throat. And yeah, I, I think this one's gonna become very organically created to an extent.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, All all right. Well, let's uh, let's let's get to talking about your Charlotte FC. It's been an interesting start. Like we mentioned, you guys started off uh, with a couple of L's, three straight L's start off the season. But now you guys have pulled off two straight W's winning by two goals in both matchups. And and look, you know, we, we, we've been making a lot of jokes here in Philadelphia about Cincinnati. Cincinnati Union, it's, it's definitely been a joke that we've uh, we've beaten down to death. But uh, beating New England, um, I know they've been going through some injuries, but that's pretty impressive at home. Like what, what has it been like so far uh, from what from your eyes of Charlotte FC?
2: Look, I think at the start of the season, I was preaching patience. I was preaching the fact that Miguel Anja Ramirez, the head coach for Charlotte FC, has a very difficult system. It's a system of possession base. It's a system of wanting the ball defensively, moving, being patient and creating spaces. It's a system that not everyone's comfortable with. When I preach patience, I'll be real with you guys, I didn't expect them to look so comfortable in just five games. I was looking at midway through the season that we were going to really start to you know, cohesively get together. It's been a really good improvement when you look at preseason versus now of where they've got to. And they're they're playing good soccer. They're they're riding the waves of pressure. Actually, in the two matches, the FC Cincinnati one, even though they got a clean sheet, was probably the shakier of the two. Towards the end of the first half, FC Cincinnati really brought the game to Charlotte FC. And I've said before, I think that... uh, (laughs) Sorry, I'm reading your comments, these people. (laughs) Listen, it was
0: cute, cute,
2: but (laughs) it was harder than than I expected. I thought going into it, that would have been the easier match, but they brought it to them. The opportunities that FC Cincy had, though, give those away against you guys, you bury them. And I've said that time and time again on our podcast. I think it was a great pre-match for us before playing you because we've learned some lessons about not giving away the quality uh, of those opportunities.
1: Absolutely, Justin. All oh, you got anything for a girl, Jess? Here,
0: no. I, you know, we we have been joking. You know, when 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 your head coach uh, says in no uncertain terms, "We're fucked,"
2: and and don't get me we wrong, we say we're screwed. We called it Screwed Gate. Come <laughs> on.
0: <laughs> it was it was an interesting preseason because you didn't really know there was a lot of moves, both you know, player personnel. And even front office staff within the league, and be, you know, players being sold and deals falling through, and it was kind of a what? What is what is going on here? Like you know, and then of course, as I you know, as, as I you know, wrote about it in our in our you know, preview on our site. It, listen, it, it's for all the jokes that you know, three losses in five games. The losses were pretty close. I mean, mm-hmm. DC, you had an unfortunate. You know, what was you thought was the first goal, chalked off the VAR, and then two PK, like, and then, you know, a a worldie against the galaxy. And uh, you talk about deflection goal, you know, Christian Fuchs, man, that's just talk about crappy luck and just standing in the way. And it, but yeah, for, you know, for all things aside, you know, one, two in a row, you know, I, I would say the, the, Revs 1 definitely holds more weight, even with a rotated squad. They still had Carlos Heel. They still have some pretty dynamic options. And, listen, I always love seeing Bruce Arena lose because I have a lot of reservations about that man, that cocky SOB, but... If you can't tell, he's a big USMT fan over here. Oh, yeah. God, that man should stay far away from the national team ever again. Listen,
2: you're right. The New England Revs game was one where a lot of people would have written us off immediately. We took the game to New England, which I think is what we need to do against you guys, too. What my fear is, is sometimes that teams go against you and they try and park the bus. They try and defend against your insane press and physicality. And you can't do that. I'm hoping that Charlotte FC goes in and doesn't offer that same level of respect that a lot of clubs do and comes in and tries to bring the game to you guys. And that's what they did against new England. They didn't show that respect. They stepped in, they believe they can win it. And I think that attitude comes from the manager, right? Look at the Atlanta United loss. Most teams away from home with a one, one draw would go and park the bus. What did Charlotte FC do? They went to attack. They went to try and get the winning goal. Did it, come back to bite you on the ass? Yes, it did, but I like that winning mentality. He believes he can be competitive with his side against anybody he plays against at this point, and he's feeling very good as the manager. It's it's a very changed tone from uh, the comments that you you brought up that probably made the best soundbites, uh, the best bites of the league, I'm pretty sure, for uh, anyone that wasn't involved with Charlotte FC. <laughs>
0: Listen, we'll 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 gladly let Charlotte hold possession of the ball because, as the NYCFC game showed, uh, the Union don't need thirty percent possession to uh, to put the ball in the back of the net.
2: And that's um, it. I think we're gonna need to be very clean with the possession, right? Because the risk of how we play is we want to build out the back. But what happens if you press and you force a turnover when you're playing it out the back? You're one on one with our goalkeeper. But I'll tell you this: you'll have a good goalkeeper. But have you seen ours?
0: Yes, 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 we have. And you, you talk about pancake. He's, you know, was already was already posted best goalkeeper in the league. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We got listen. We got we got two time goalie. You know, yeah, goalie it, it's customer.
2: early days. I don't want to jinx it. You know, there's something called a curse of a commentator, and I feel like if I praise him too highly, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna see one go through his legs or something like that. But He's been outstanding so far and has been what we've needed because, again, with this system, you're going to give away those one on ones and you need a goalkeeper that's willing to put his body, his mind, his face on the line. And he's done just that.
1: All right. So I've had a lot of questions about, uh, from Union fans about Carol Srodersky. Srodersky is my pronouncing yes. right? Shudursky? Shudursky, yes. Shudursky. Hey, we, <laughs> it right? Yes. Srodersky. Yes. Srodersky. Hey, it took me six months to learn Casper Shabilko. So, uh, <laughs> but, um, He's pretty damn dangerous. He scored a lot of goals so far from you. Uh, for me, what makes, for those who have watched, what makes him so dangerous on the attack?
2: I think the first things first, you cannot read articles from him written by MLS Online because they'll talk about him being a target forward, and, and he is far from that. What Kaz Widerski does so well is get involved with the link-up play. He is so fluid in his positioning. You'll see him on the touchline. You'll see him drop into his own half to put in a cracking tackle on one of your midfielders and create an opportunity for someone ahead of him. He has really good vision. He finds splitting passes. So he's the full team player. And then on top of that link-up play that he's able to provide, look at how he can strike a ball. I mean, he the free kick is great. The strike Ooh. of the ball from distance oh, yeah. um, to open up his account. Fantastic. And I think where he becomes dangerous is, you know how a lot of times you may have a mentality or oh, let them take rips from outside the box, right? You think, okay, yeah. from there, it's not a risk. Well, with Karas Federsky, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. He is a true danger man. And I think what we've done well in improving and playing is adding the extra player up top. Daniel Rios, um, the national transfers, Worked really hard off the ball to create the space for him, but you give Kaz Fiderski, uh an inch of space and he can punish you.
1: Sounds like he's almost as good as Daniel Gaz. No, I'm just totally kidding. <laughs> Daniel Gass, Daniel no, Gass. but I mean, you talk about attacking players,
0: the player that's already getting, you know, as I say, early, but Gold Cup 2023 nods is uh, number one overall pick and one of the best names in MLS. <laughs> ben Bender.
2: Just yeah, everyone up. loves how I say Ben Bender when I get excited. There's <laughs> been a lot of people like, can you just say his name again? I mean, what a phenomenal find he has been. Absolutely phenomenal. Now, keyword, and this includes Federsky too. Remember, we're five games in. Consistency is what makes the true mark of a player. I don't want to get ahead of myself and be like, yeah, best pick ever because – you know, he's still young. He's got to, you know, stay involved with the game. But what I'm so impressed with is the way he's adjusted, right? I've played NCAA. The difference between NCAA and MLS is huge. The speed of play, the the way that the gaps disappear. And for him with his vision, he's even talked to us about it on our podcast. When he was in NCAA, he had, you know, seconds to react and find those gaps. Now it's milliseconds. Yet he doesn't seem to have missed a beat with it and his physicality. Again, a lot of the time when you see rookies come in, where are they a little lax with that physicality because of their build? He's not built like a big dude, but he's very strong in the one ons ones in the jewels. He's got a good finish on him. And I think three assists um, in three starts, not bad start stats for a rookie.
1: Justin, I do want to ask you to kind of bring it back to our side obviously you know when you're talking about the the uh the key points of this this upcoming match um Shredersky, how do you think that Jim Curtin will try to find a way to slow him down I, I won't say stop because it's going to be tough to stop no, you him. Can.
2: I mean he draws a lot of fouls now that works in our favor with how he is from the set piece but I see you guys letting him know that you're there right when I talk about <laughs> I'm reading these. I can't speak and read at the same time. (laughs) Go Terps. Yeah, go Terps. I mean, how brilliant was he with Maryland? But I think that if you let him know you're there, it makes it very difficult. If you frustrate him for a long time, it makes him difficult. I think what you want to do is swarm on him immediately as soon as he has the ball. And we've seen a lot of that but you can't commit those fouls in dangerous areas. So That makes it very difficult for a defender when you're caught in two minds between, okay, I need to step to him. I can't let him strike, but I also don't want to give away the foul because he can strike the dead ball. So it's catch 22. I also think that, you know, don't get distracted from the decoy runs of uh, other players. You know, oftentimes that can leave you open. So you've got to have someone, perhaps you go with a man marking strategy. Who knows?
0: (laughs) Well, we're we're not, we're not saying to say let's, (laughs) <laughs> man marking, man marking. This league tires you out, uh, but Johnny. To answer your your question, I, I think it's gonna rely on a combination of our our from last night, Leon Flock, and El Brujo. I, I think. Listen, we saw what you know, Golden Boot winner Tati Castellanos, you know, can can do when he's when he's on his game. But we also saw what happens when when. When obviously when Leon and, and Brujo are in sync, and Leon mentioned it last night, and it's key, the two of them. Besides the fact that Leon covers so much ground, he covers the most ground of anyone on the team by far. And you know, you talk about you know letting you know, Sw- you know, Swedersky being known that someone's there. I, I will say the one thing that 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 uh, Jose Martinez is doing better this season. Is he still being physical? He's still being a pest. He is still being that destroyer. The difference is, he's—I think he's kind of altered his game so that he's not committing these silly. Fouls. He's getting he's away not, with it.
2: He's getting away with it. But
0: that's—it's like you like. I think last season, you know, really like you said you, when you're when you by the second season in, you're starting to learn how the how the refs call things and. You know, we we basically he's our Diego Chara, and he's he's <laughs> gonna get yellows. He's gonna get yellows. That's how it's gonna be. But the you know with the way that this midfield is operating, I think the key to shutting down Swiderski is, and I've been saying this for almost every team that the United faced so far season, you shut down their attacking mid, you shut down that connection, you you sever the offense.
2: But I will tell you what's difficult with Spiderski is he's going to go back and he's going to create those opportunities for himself. And that's where I think he has a different dynamic to a lot of forwards, that he gets involved with it himself. But who knows? Jeff,
1: you, you have a question here in the comments section. What is Fuchs' role going to be uh, going against the Union this weekend?
2: Well, he's started every game so far, and he's the captain. So he's going to be playing uh, a lot of soccer um we've played with a back three we've played with a back uh four the three is obviously with a back five but we call it a back three so it depends where he's going to slot in on that he can play at left back of a back four potentially he can play as a center back um he's going to have to really play smart there are a couple of moments he's a quality player right we can't ever deny that he his legacy with Leicester, his performances he's done really well for us obviously he's an older player he isn't (laughs) As fast as potentially other defenders. But that's where I think someone like Christian McCoon, if he's back um, from his Venezuelan international duty, if he gets on, he offers the pace to cover. Um, But you know what? I've seen Fuchs make breaks. When we played with a back three, man, that guy was driving forwards over the halfway line. So don't underestimate Fuchs. There are moments where he's a little shaky in possession, but he is also a huge leader and watch him from set plays because as i said on my broadcast he can leap like a salmon that is a a clear soundbite on our ah, radio station
1: that is definitely a british thing our uh, or uh, oh, here our founder of Philly Sports Network Liam Jenkins is uh he's based out of uh england um and he is a, does obviously runs a Philly Sports Network oh yeah in england but when we used to do our uh, during the mls is back we did our live watch alongs and he would always say that Leaping like a salmon.
2: <laughs> exactly. It's a perfect, it. a perfect, a perfect simile.
1: We love it. Uh Justin. The potential
2: I and, see, and
1: Ua. And see, that's
0: the thing. I think a a back three. If we can if UA which he's been practicing since since yeah, last week. He, Jim said Jim did say he's gonna make an impact, whether as a starter or as a sub. Um I, I think the difference between union striker cores in the past is that our, our strikers have speed and a lot, a lot, a lot of speed, which is
2: scary. Like I said, that's where we're a little nervous with those moments. And uh, we've seen Anton walks practicing, who knows, maybe he comes in, he has experience against you guys. He knows what he's doing. Um, We also have a couple of other center backs. That's our most competitive role, but I don't see Fuchs coming out of the lineup just because of the stalwart presence he has
0: and that's and that's gonna be the the most interesting thing is we've seen Carranza drop deep that he he likes to link up with 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 gauze that has been one of the biggest parts and it's been one of the biggest you know benefits despite the obvious lack of possession that the union crave which is at this point your possession numbers mean mean, it means listen
2: it's an underrated stat i say that all the time look (laughs) Possession means nothing if you don't do shit with it, right? Like, to put it bluntly, like, it's important. It's when you're utilizing possession. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, just and that, and that's the thing. Like, the, the union's possession numbers, like, if they're above 40%, it's typically not a great game. Because <laughs> the Maybe we'll just let- give
2: you the ball. We'll just yeah, give you the yeah, ball that, then.
0: <laughs> that's the thing. But, like, what the union have done with the possession that they've had is – having a striker now I've been saying this all season having a striker like Carranza has allowed first of all you you know compared to the past I love Casper but Casper could not connect he could drop deep but he was not great to give and go was not very mobile just gunked up the 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 the, you know high intensity flow of the offense and obviously we've only seen in the 25 minutes or so that we saw in Montreal but as we've been saying, he, he created two chances by himself that were pretty good chances. And I, I think Sergio's been playing really well. Corey is, again, you're starting to see the depth. Carranza has, I believe, with three assists at this point. You're starting to see a lot more production from your striker core. You have... As Zach says, your, your MVP candidate Daniel Gazda already has That's you know Zach. three goals. Ali has two. It your Corey has two. You're starting to see more production, and I think in the past, you know the, the the one thing that the union have changed, and Jim Curtin has has evolved, is it's it's not a full Red Bull, you know, gag and press. It's not a full go go go. It is a selective press, and I think in those moments, if like I said, if those pl- if playing out of the back is going to generate some chances, that's where I think the Union are going to have to strike. And I think the difference between the team, you know, the teams that Charlotte has played and and the Union, is that the Union don't need many chances to put the ball on the back of that. If you give them four chances. They could put two in the net, and it could be it could they could choke out the game. It could be a two nothing game. Just look at NYCFC. I mean, they they were trying to you know the last the second half they were pushing and pushing and pushing, and it resulted in nothing. It resulted in a big dust up, which as we told Leon, the fact that he was in the middle of that that was still still wild. And surprisingly, nothing came of that. Just shows you how crazy disco can be in this in this league, but. It, it's it's going to be an interesting matchup. And I think the the at least for me, the matchup that I'm looking forward to is how the Union front three goes against the Charlotte defense. Because if they do play in that back three slash back five, and obviously depending on whether you have the ball or not, I think that's gonna be key to really just you know forcing the turnovers because the union have surprisingly been doing a pretty good job so far this season of forcing those turnovers of forcing the loose ball and creating solid chances and it this union team is you know we've been talking about we thought the supporter shield team was the top well last year topped it and from what we're seeing this year it's it's only getting better and this is a very dangerous team and a, a team in Charlotte that is I, I think people are now starting to not discount and starting to realize that they're going to give you a solid fight. So I I am I am excited for this game, but I'm also excited for the potential offensive f- you know firepower that is going to come from this game. Whether there's a lot of goals <laughs> might not be the case, but there's going to be a lot of chances.
1: Absolutely,
2: yeah, that's what you live
1: uh, for. So right now. Uh, we do have a surprise for Jess. We have oh. not just one former Atlanta United fan, but we have both of the hey! former Atlanta United fans out here hey. with Charlotte FD. Pancake Poppy, what's up? Pancake? so good. Hey, what's up, man? Good to see everybody. Yeah, man. Hi, dude, how's how's the Charlotte Life treating you, man? You look good in blue, by the way.
3: Thank you, thank you. It's treating <laughs> me well. It's it's been it's been amazing so far, and I'm I'm loving it. <laughs>
2: You're loving I, the I, I, banter as well, right? It's been nice that you've <laughs> taken you've taken it's good because you can take off a little bit of the stick from me. I can always redirect it back to you.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Especially I love that particular fan base.
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love Pancake because he'll troll, but then he'll have like a little smirk on his face while he's trolling. It's it's great.
0: Oh, yeah, come on, come on.
2: We, Pancake <laughs> and I have
0: been have been going back and forth with it regularly about, about some things. And it's it's funny seeing some of the, the old Atlanta United people come through and it's just like, y- y'all don't have anything better to
3: do? <laughs> yeah, right, right.
1: <laughs> all right, all right. So, pancake, perfect timing here because I do want to get some predictions for this upcoming weekend. Um, okay. Pancake, you just you just got on here, my man. So, kind of tell us how you feel about this upcoming weekend and give us a prediction uh, for you versus Charlotte <clears throat> FC on Saturday night.
3: Okay, I think since we finally like found our form, I think this is like a first true test for our form, right? And so, <clears throat> I think a win this weekend would really prove that like we got that form going and we got it going down, you know. Like so. <clears throat> My prediction, um, I'm going to say 2-1, Charlotte, 2-1. Look at
1: that. Look at that. Nothing changed the pancake. We love them for that. Let's go. All right, Jess, what about you? What do you think is going to happen this, this upcoming weekend?
2: All right, got to remember who my employers are, first and foremost, <laughs> <in> my prediction. <laughs> no, listen, I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. Um, we'll come back. You'll, you'll, you'll get a goal. And we'll ride the wave. Kalina will make a few really important saves at a 1-0 trailing. And then we'll get like a 90 plus 2 goal. It'll be like an Atlanta United feeling where we crumbled against Atlanta United. We'll have the opposite feeling of elation when we get that uh, equalizer. And it'll be Christian Fuchs. How about that for the guy that asked me about the role Fuchs will play? Ah, Christian ah. Fuchs from a header, from a corner.
1: There you go. There you go. (laughs) All right, Justin. What about you, my man? What do you think happens this upcoming Saturday?
0: Um, I, 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 as I said, I think the question is really going to be, who is in the front three, and and how, how are they going to perform with the with the chances, the limited chances that they get, because we saw what the Union can do with just under thirty percent possession, and you've seen it all season where they have thrived on. on on, on pushing it on, 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 you know, sometimes, you know, being a little bit, a little, little slow in the first half, but I'm still not sure if Uwa starts. I I think it, it, this could be a prime game um, for, for his speed. I think this could be a game for him to break out, but I also am not a hundred percent sure that as Jim said, he felt like he kind of forced them in against Montreal and obviously, even with the chances that did lead to a bit of an injury break, um, so it, it's it's going to be a tight one. I, I initially had this as a three to one, and this was before before the the Cincinnati game and before the the, the shellacking against the Revolution. Um, I I still think. <laughs> I still think the Union win. I think it's it's a closer game than I thought. I'm going to say two to one, um, and I I think Swiderski still gets his goal, um, but I think Gazdag adds to his total, and I'm going to say a game winner from Ua. I think he, as we saw against Montreal, he doesn't need a lot of space behind the defender to make the separation. He's, he, he's not pushed off the ball. He, he creates his own chances. He's a more direct runner to the net, which is what we really haven't seen from any union strikers. And I think when it comes down to it, the union finished their chances with the limited chances that they have. And I think that's been a huge difference. This season has been that they're actually finishing the, the limited chances that they have. And we haven't seen that in the past. And I think this is going to be a, a tight one. I think this is going to be a, a a struggle. Charlotte will look for ways to break through the Union defense. And as 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 you know, as our as our color commentary man, Danny Higginbotham has said, the Union are not a defensive team. They are a team that has a defensive spine that just works well with the attacking nature of the team and so by by design your offensive system helps to provide a a stable defense so i think it's going to be it could be a very boring game it could be fireworks the union really is there's no middle ground there's not one way or the other but in the end i think i think the union squeeze it out and i think it's i think it's a it's a late ua winner I, i
1: think he 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 he. Don't do wind. that to me. Don't do that <laughs> to
2: me.
1: <laughs> I I will, I will say I do agree with Justin. I do think that uh, the Brits make great color commentators, as we've been enjoying Danny as well here up in Philadelphia, and I, and I, and I do need a Union win this upcoming weekend because um, as Pancake and Jess are are both pretty close to it, um, as everyone knows that we announced it yesterday. Uh, I'm obviously rooting for the US MT, this upcoming World Cup because my Colombia, my Colombia. Could not make it to the World Cup. And and, and I'm glad you guys are both here because I feel like you guys understand the pain that I am going through currently this whole entire week. it's It's, it's been rough. It's been absolutely rough in this household so far. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's tough times with a Colombian husband. I know exactly how you are feeling. He has woken up every day depressed. But as I explained to him, it saves England beating Colombia again on a penalty. Oh, Oh, no. no.
1: Fireworks in that household. (laughs) (laughs) It's been been absolutely... It really has. Um, but hey, so now we get to root for the U.S. MNT, which I'm excited. Just do you uh, partake in watching the United States men's national yeah, team? Yeah, of
2: course. I watch whatever, whatever soccer I can. I've got a green card now, so I've at least got to root for the U.S. Plus, I mean, <laughs> I get two teams, two teams in the pot. So I've got two chances, right?
1: So all right, so what are the realistic chances here, guys? Like, what, like, what are we talking here? Are we talking like 2002 United States? Like, what is the expectations here for United States in this World I, Cup? I,
0: I think it it always depends on on the group. Like, you know, you talk about 2014. Don't give them the group of death, please. Well, but 2014 <laughs> was the group of death, and they made it through. Like, they should not have made it through that group. That that was that was the toughest group that they've had, and you could have semi-easy groups and have 2006 where you don't make it past the group stage. So I think honestly with the pots that we've seen, it's tough to say, you know, as, as long as you don't have two tough teams, I think, as I say, it's that, that's where the group of death comes in. If you have another, I've seen, you know, thank God we don't have to do Germany again. Cause that was not a, that was not a fun, fun situation, but as long as you don't have two teams like that, if you have a Germany and Portugal again, I don't know if you're getting out, even with the with the young talent that you have. So it's just the the luck of the the pot draw. At this point,
3: I think this is probably like more of like a dress rehearsal for 26 for the US. I think, <laughs> think that well,
0: because takes- well, you don't have to worry about qualifying until after 2026. <laughs> That's the nice thing. This this was the this was the last game that that meant you know. And anything. And for, for those who, who say, oh, well, they lost the last game against Costa Rica. Um, you know, the the four points leading up to that made it so that that game did not matter. As I not you think
2: the biggest issue with the U.S. right now is they blow hot and cold, right? And in tournament football, it's unforgiving. You have to get that level of consistency over a short space of time. You have to play well, you know, game after game with a couple of days in between. If they can find that consistency and play like they did, uh, what, two games ago, then you're you, then you feeling pretty confident. But if you play like you did last night, then that's unforgiving. And if you make it through into the knockout rounds and you play like you did last night, you've got a problem. You're, you're done, you know? But I, I'm yeah. telling you, I'm having uh, premonitions that England and the U.S. will be drawn uh, together, and that'll be like fun. Like 2010 again? Yeah, I think, I think no. it's coming, man. Uh, Another well, this, this of time. Goals?
0: This time we may not have the the, the gift of a, a a Joe Hart
1: blunder. Oh my gosh, oh, Joe, don't talk Hart. To me about
2: Joe Poor Joe Hart. How how the great have fallen?
1: <laughs> Where's Joe Hart at these days? Is he still playing? So, Celtic. I'm pretty sure still. Oh, ah, no idea. He's that off was, my married now. <laughs>
2: well I saw,
0: when he had a not graceful exit from what was it Spurs after City? Yes, right, he, he bounced on the around bench. the primary League a bit. That's a that's that's a man who
1: is a, yeah, how the how the mighty have fallen. Just before we do go, I do have to ask: Will it finally come home? No. <laughs> no.
2: I, if, if we can't if we can't win the Euros and we lose on penalties, I I just I can't handle that again. You know what? I don't. I think I would rather take uh, an exit in the semi-finals than losing the finals on penalties again. I, I just. I can't take it. It's not fair.
3: It's just not fair. Italy, uh, Italy's not there to beat you this time, though. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hello, North Macedonia.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. They, they still was well, that I had someone tell say to me that Italy should have already qualified for the World Cup and for winning the Euros. I said no because they were in the playoff. They got themselves in that situation, and to lose to North Macedonia, you, you don't you don't deserve to. <laughs> To make the World Cup, if if you can't, you know they they say CONCACAF is weak. Well, you know England plays San Marino is different than the U.S. (laughs) Europe's a big. There's a lot of
2: places in Europe, so the the level drop off is pretty huge.
1: That is very, very true. Uh, well, listen, guys, this is going to do it for another episode of Duke by the River. I do want to give big, special thanks to our friends uh, from Charlotte, our Charlotte team down there in uh, in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Pancake Poppy, truly, uh, thank you so much for, for making some time out here and making it, getting the the thoughts from the fans. And it's always great to see you, man. I I, lo- I love you in blue these days, man. And obviously, we got the family growing for you as well. It's it's crazy how we've come along in two years, my man. But uh, it's, always, it's always a pleasure to see you, man. And of course, we had uh, the great Jess Charmaine, and you can of course find her uh, color commentating um, for the Charlotte FC game. So make sure you guys follow her on Twitter; The handle is right there as well. Jess, seriously, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to to hang Absolutely. out with us. That's crazy. Anytime,
2: guys. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed for a good match. That's all I want: a competitive, good match, Absolutely. no injuries. That's all that matters, right?
0: It's a long when we're when we're when we're down. Like I said, I'm coming down for the Union Charlotte game, so. <laughs> i i there you go like i said that's 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 where that's where i hope to see i hope to see some some, some fireworks boat games we got yeah, you, man. Gonna, we got
1: you we're gonna have to get pancake and match in the future as well I'll get you up here in philadelphia get you some cheese sticks pancake got himself some cheese sticks before when his first trip up here his Ooh. first first round but we got to get you guys some cheese sticks up here for sure definitely with whiz wit whiz wit for sure yeah <laughs> All right, good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode. Dupe by the River. Thank you so much for tuning on in, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you guys hit that like button. Subscribe for all of your Dupe by the River live viewings. And, of course, make sure to find us on PSN Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Pancake Poppy. That is Jess Charmaine. That is Justin, number one bald goalkeeper in CONCACAF, Friedberg. Of course, I go by the name of El Philly, and We're telling you guys to dupe on. Talk to you guys soon. next time.